Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And we come to you on an extraordinary day in American history. Uh, let me see if I can get all this straight. There are thousands of deranged Trump anarchist terrorists attacking the Capitol building, going into members' offices, going into the House floor, Stealing podiums. It is a white riot with looting. And Republican elected officials are trying to steal the election by challenging the Electoral College results, even though Mitch McConnell and Mike Pence have said, we are not going with you. We need to move on from Donald Trump. So they have set themselves up as now enemies of Donald Trump, no longer supporting his attempt to steal the election. And John Ossoff has just <laughs> been called as the winner of his Georgia Senate race. So the Senate is now blue, or at least 50-50, with the tiebreaker being Kamala Harris. Uh, get used to the phrase, the very beautiful phrase, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. So much is happening today. We have to focus on this fairly insane multi-hour white riot that is going on at the Capitol, which is clearly the result of Days and days of Trump saying uh, the election has been stolen from us, meet on January 6th to protest, weeks of Trump saying they stole the election from us, this is fraudulent, years of Trump and the Republican Party saying we cannot trust anything from government, we must rise up and take this back by any means necessary. It is a disgusting display of white privilege, of white power, of Republican stupidity, and it's it, it, it is it is it is an almost perfect culmination to the horrifying Trump presidency. Like again, if it happened in a movie, that they that they ended with the Trump moronic deplorables 
rioting on Capitol Hill, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. That would never happen. The cops would pull out their guns and shoot them all dead. But no, cops are taking selfies with the terrorists. Bitch, you know, like, let me say this. You know, we've been doing this show for a hot fucking minute. And we have been, you know, I I would argue that Torre always tries to be the most um, diplomatic and optimistic of this pair because we we all know that I am not. Um, And I have said, I said that these treasonous, fucking don't tread on me white motherfuckers were going to try and invoke a civil war i have said this and here we are in this place and what has gotten me is cable news anchors saying things like the cops are putting on their riot gear they're putting on their riot gear black people protests so that we have the right to live and exist as free people in these United States. And they board up full downtowns, roll out tanks, put up barricades. I've seen cops go nuts over a bottle, a plastic bottle being thrown thrown at them. them. These people have broken windows, Gone into in, Nancy Pelosi's office. In the Capitol. Gone into the chamber, gone into the floor, stolen a podium. There was an armed there was standoff. A- I mean, what more do you want? What, but what, it's not even what more do we want, Torre. What more does America need to see to understand that white privilege is a thing, to understand that these people, they are so brazen in their actions right now that they are not even wearing masks. And I'm not talking about face masks to protect against the global health pandemic that we are all still battling at this very fucking moment. I'm talking about masks so that they don't get arrested because what they are saying is that my whiteness is the only mask and protection that I need. So you, law enforcement, can go fuck yourself, but Clearly, they don't have to go fuck themselves because they're taking selfies because I believe and you can come for me all you fucking want. I believe that this was an entire, complete, coordinated effort by U.S. Capitol Police, by the Department of Defense. Because let me tell you something. I have stood in line for a long time to get inside that Capitol building when I worked on Capitol Hill, when I lobbied on Capitol Hill. Let me tell you something. It is not an easy feat. To walk through because there are guards everywhere. There are police everywhere. So you tell me how all of a sudden these motherfuckers caught off guard, how all of a sudden you feel so secure to be able to take selfies. Look, you know, to then you- say to then say I am I am we're, we're overwhelmed. Motherfucker. What? Apparently, if you show up with 30,000 of your closest friends, then you'll get right in. But, you know. I don't understand the Capitol Police saying that they're overwhelmed. Do these people not have access to guns? Do they not have tear gas? Do they not have nightsticks and batons? You know, the amount of restraint that they showed, as opposed to the restraint or lack thereof, that was shown to black protesters who were threatening far less um, over the summer, is extraordinary. But look... Every white person in America knows what to do when you get in trouble and you feel overwhelmed. You call the police. What is it? You cry? Well, that, but you call the police. The D.C. police are right down the street. Why are we watching hours of CNN showing 
the Capitol building being basically taken over, lawmakers crouching in place, afraid of the, of the Trump supporters attacking them, and the D.C. police is doing what? There's no Karen who couldn't have dropped a dime and said, y'all need to oh, get shit. down here immediately. And the one thing that I forgot in my roundup of the extraordinary things that happened is that when the mature actual president, the president-elect, said Trump needs to come out and say something, shortly thereafter, after hours of his people saying, you got to say something a little stronger than these milk toast tweets that you're pumping out, Trump finally released a videotaped statement. So we couldn't just say, say it. He had to have a videotaped statement in which he again lied that the election was stolen. It was a landslide. It's fraudulent. He congratulated the protest, the, excuse me, the yep. terrorists, the anarchists. The saying, mob. You're very mm-hmm. special. Very special to are me. are we talking about? You and, are very special to me. And then you have to go home. You know, this is, this is a Republican Party in particular with Trump, that has been all about law and order and mm. following the rules and peace. And, you know, what BLM wanted was completely made irrelevant because somebody somewhere threw a rock through an Apple store window. This is violence. This is terroristic. This is anarchist. They have, I mean, like, what is more treasonous than you have attacked the Capitol building? You have attacked offices of lawmakers. You have roamed wildly on the floor of Congress. You have stolen podiums. So this is white people rioting, looting, stealing, breaking and entering. And you know what? No one's dead. There's been no tear gas. The so quote unquote officers are still busy trying to find their riot gear and put it on. And yet they had no problems over the summer during uh, the, what I love to call the insurrection at Lafayette park, where William Barr gave the go ahead for the police on horseback to come in and tear gas peaceful protesters to clear the way so that Donald Trump could go before a church. He don't attend to hold up a book. He don't read to take a fucking photo. So let us not pretend, Pretend that like that 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 there there is no equipment in Washington D.C. that these officers can have in order to have protected the members of Congress. All I can think about, Torre, honestly, all I can think about is imagine yourself not in these United States at this very moment, embarrassed, terrified, and horrified at the pictures that you are seeing, but imagine yourself abroad, looking at this country that you may have held up. In your heart, whether through lie or through faith or through family that you have there, that this country was the beacon. This country was what you watch. American exceptionalism, which I have written about and talked about here and other places, is bullshit. But the world bought into it. The, bar- the world has bought into the gaslighting of this country that we, that we exported out, that we are great. Imagine the shock and the horror through that that is undulating through the entire planet right now at what is coming out of our Capitol building. And Donald Trump gives a taped statement. A taped statement telling these people that they're right, but they need to go home and be peaceful. But they need to go home. But I love you. 
Let's but not you should also go home? sell short as as horrifying, as embarrassing, as disgusting, as treasonous as this is. These ridiculous, uh, deplorable, moronic Trump supporters thinking that this is 1776 and they're going to show up and overthrow a national election for the fucking presidency of the United States. As ridiculous as that is, and this is by far a low moment in the history of this Trump movement, earlier in the day, we had elected officials who fucking know better. Do they? Resisting the counting of votes. And officially, they resisted the counting of, a votes, of votes in Arizona. But it was going to be a day-long effort. So the message to these morons on the street comes from up high, comes from Trump, comes from Mitch McConnell, comes from Ted Cruz, to say nothing of Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, etc., Rush Limbaugh, Mark Levin, etc., but comes from the elected officials on high telling them we must do anything we can to resist the coming of Joe Biden and the removal of Donald Trump. So even though they know that this ridiculous measure is not going to work, that we're doing something that is just for show, just counting the votes for show, because it's already been certified, already been counted and recounted and triple counted. And yet they are standing up and fighting. We refuse to allow, because you want the votes of the people to be thrown out so that elected officials can decide on their own and i'm i had to go through the extraordinary emotional circumstance of watching a mitch mcconnell speech and agreeing with every word almost every word almost every word because i know because you because you text me right as it was happening i mean it, it was fairly extraordinary that mitch mcconnell of all people was getting it right that it doesn't make any fucking sense to throw out the election of the people. And, and you know, so 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 the uh, the physical attempt at insurrection and revolution is followed only by a parliamentary effort at the same thing from a Republican party that is dying to take over, to break off, to have a civil war and basically over nothing. What do you guys want besides Trump to continue being president? But it's not see, like they want the slavery. Thing, but, it's not like they're fighting for a cause. But they just want to be against us. This show is. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. 
Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities. Healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country. Immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun. And candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. part of the pro-democracy podcast coalition the midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections we all know that our government is broken politicians spend more time working for themselves their big donors and their political party instead of for us we as americans have had enough of the corruption partisan bickering and gridlock look i get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out but i'm here to tell you there's reason for hope our political system is broken now but we can fix it that's why we've partnered with representatives Represent us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now, until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting, and they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. But here's the thing, is that they do have a cause, but I don't give a fuck about it. Their cause is the ability to be able to oppress without impunity. Their, their desire, Torre, is the ability to kill us in the street for that to be celebrated and for them to have the ability to move on. But and we can threatened. say, no, we can say, oh, that that's not it. Oh, it was this. Oh, it was that. No, it fucking isn't. Like, they don't want a democracy. They don't believe in the Constitution. They don't believe in a republic. They want an authoritarian regime that will uphold their whiteness, that will say that it is their currency. You don't need education. You don't need anything. You're white, so therefore the but world is your oyster. None of those I am things are being so actually challenged. But the fact at, is, at least, it doesn't have to be challenged. At least with the Civil we a, War, we were saying, we're taking away your slaves. That is ending. And they were like, no, that's not ending. At least with like 1968, uh, you know, we were saying with, – with, with LBJ, we were saying, we're making substantive changes to policy in America. And they're like, no, we don't want that. Here – there, you know, at least with Obamacare, they were saying we don't want socialized medicine, right? Here, what is the what is the policy? What is the reason? We don't that- want we don't want democracy. We don't want democracy. Black people should not have the right to vote. When you are calling out states and areas and cities, right, that are occupied by black people, and saying to them these these places are fraudulent, these places are riddled. With fraud and criminality, what you are saying is black people should have no voice and no space in a democracy, right? This is the escalation of what they have been trying to do since 1877. This is an escalation of what they have always done. Why people are caught off guard today, I've heard so many cable news folks say like, oh my God, no one could have ever seen this coming. 
Well, no, no one that doesn't have eyes. No, no, we, I we, guess no this, one that refuses, no one that refuses to see. This was not or believe shocking. the truth. This is not shocking at all. It just the Republican Party is full of anger and full of grievance and full of grit and bile, and they are ready to fight. But it's like we want to fight for the sake of fighting, and it's like, is there an idea or an ideal? That you are fighting for? And like, yes, surely all the things you're saying are right in terms of they want uh, to not have democracy in terms of they don't want to share with black and brown people. But there is no actual specific threat toward that notion. It's not like, you know, we're on the verge, uh, like Joe Biden is going to impose reparations and the country is going to actually change. Nobody is actually threatening their lives and their livelihoods. Joe Biden is not going to massively change the way their lives function, and yet they are ready to go to war. I mean, even the people in D.C., if Trump represented the perpetuation of some real conservative ideals— I could understand their willingness to subvert the Constitution and to subvert democracy to keep him going. But what the fuck does he represent? What the fuck is he doing? Whiteness. You have a, Whiteness. No, but they, Whiteness. But they can, Whiteness. They can get somebody else also to do that. Ivanka Mm-mm. can do that. Who, uh, who, Tom who, Cotton no, can do that. No. Mike Pence can do that. No. Torre, Donald Trump gave them the permission to be their worst white devil selves. I am not I am not going to hold back and I am not going to bite my tongue. He gave them the permission to be who they have always been. The people that are racist, the people that have never, ever, they looked at Barack Obama, they said you are a Muslim N-word and you are undeserving, right, of any title, of anything. They want Donald Trump. They don't want the suave version, the button-down version, the more articulate version. No. They want the version that allows them to celebrate their ignorance, that, that allows them to celebrate like who they truly are. I feel you when we're talking about the rank-and-file deplorables throughout the country who line up to vote for him and, and pull themselves away from watching the Dukes of Hazard to go vote for him. I feel that. But the folks... Uh, in Washington, who are transactional, who understand, I'm making this vote, I'm taking this parliamentary maneuver so that I can get this, so that I can make, because it's all about remaining elected. It's got to be about something more than just the abstract perpetuation of whiteness. But I don't, I don't, but, but why is it, why is it that we as black people, we as intellectual black people, you as the intellectual black person, why are we constantly looking for a deeper reason than what it is that they show us? They are a puddle. Why are we looking to search for an ocean of truth here? They are nothing. And there, there is nothing big. There is nothing big. Like here, the, the way that we go wrong is constantly trying to find the there, there. When they tell us what the there, there is, it's not that complicated. I, 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 I feel you. I'm just trying to understand the depth of the rage that would cause 30,000 of them to break the law, to overwhelm the police, to attack the Capitol. You know, there's... 
it's got to be more than just wanting to own the libs that they are risking jail and breaking buildings and writing notes on Nancy Pelosi's desk. We will not back down. For what? For what? Who, AOC but, is but, not becoming president. Kamala Harris is not about to become president. It's fucking Joe Biden who's not going to wreck your lives. He's not saying we're going to have Obamacare that's going to be socialized medicine that's going to change your lives. Like, it, it's it's... These people are going to war over a flimsy thing. I mean, yeah, it's whiteness. Yeah, it's but that's all that. But that's that's all they have ever gone to war over in this country. The wars have not been that deep. That is the only thing that they have ever gone to war over is the is domination. Like this is this is a thing that I I feel like always leads us good progressive people astray is that we look for deeper meaning in people that there is no depth to. And the reality is this: is that Donald Trump. He is the embodiment of everything that is so disgusting and wrong with racist white people. He is ignorant. He is an affront. He is privileged. He's an affront to justice. He's an affront to education. He is an affront to anything and everything that we have hold dear. The values of this country, Donald Trump is an affront to. So the idea that they have made him their king is a signifier to us that there is no depth to this. They chose a reality television caricature of a fucking human being to be their king. Right? There is no depth. They, the fact is, is, the fact should show us that they didn't choose somebody who was more articulate, who was more studied, who was, who was more... Well, um, of course not. It's, uh, it's, was more eloquent. They chose the bottom of the barrel because they don't need anything else. I mean, it's Sarah Palin's party, right? All of this, these are all the children of Sarah Palin at this point, right? Trump is just Sarah Palin with more bravado and even less intelligence, if that's imaginable. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, she is a clear marker in the Republican Party going further downward. Um, George W. Bush was a mor- movement toward, you know, we only care about our gut knowledge. We don't care about elite knowledge. Um, we don't care about experts. But Sarah Palin took them took the escalator even down more and Trump took it down even more than that and yet as we say that as 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 republicans are fighting clinging to what seems to be their last vestige of hope which is just wild ridiculous b- brawling in the streets the senate has changed Mm-hmm. It is a blue Democratic Senate. Can we have two moments to to give a shout out to another black elected senator? The first black elected senator from the South, probably since surely since since uh, Reconstruction. I'm certain. There haven't been only th- only the eleventh black person to be in the Senate. The eleventh. That all? Eleven. That all? Yes. That I is mean, all. Well, that that many? Because I can think of, let's see, Carol Mosley Braun, Kamala, Obama. Are we counting Tim Scott? Who was never? Who are we counting? Tim yes, Scott? we're counting Tim Scott. He is actually black, even though he's a Republican. I'm well, talking about well, skin tone. Well, no, no, I know. Well, he, you know, okay. I mean, he was installed. He got installed the first one, but 
I mean, there haven't been that many black senators. And Reverend Warnock joins one of the smallest clubs in America. Um, what an extraordinary moment. This, this, this extraordinary person comes up from nothing um, and will join the United States Senate. Thank God he beat that ridiculous thief racist Kelly Leffler. I really wanted her to lose more than any of them. Um, and so much of this is thanks to Stacey Abrams and the incredible work that she did. And, you know, let this be a lesson that when they beat you, don't leave, don't shut down, don't abandon the game, go deeper and remake the game in the way that you want it to be, that she got thousands and thousands of black people to take the process more seriously to register to get involved to vote and now georgia is no longer a red state georgia is a blue state you know somebody tweeted something and i wish that i i had them on top of mine who was but i will say this that we have to stop saying things like the South is red or these red states, um, they're not red states. They are the most oppressed and suppressed states. And that when you give people, right, their actual fucking rights to be able to show up and vote, that they actually do. And so the idea here that we continue to just, you know, I guess, what, what is it an acquiesce? Is it, is it just like... It, we're just we just give away parts of the country and never put any investment in them whatsoever. And what Stacey Abrams and Latasha Brown and all of these black women and black organizations that have been on the ground in Georgia for a long time. This was not this is like the 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 idea that you see a star finally get into their movie and you're just like, oh, my God, you're an overnight success. Bitch been in the industry for 20 years. Right. There is no overnight success in politics, right? These people don't pop up out of nowhere. These things don't happen out of nowhere. They are seeds that have been planted. And the, the travesty of the DNC and of these, of these institutions is that they have never felt it in their service to invest in fucking black people, right? Ever. And what Stacey Abrams, Latasha Brown, and many others have shown is that get the fuck out of the way. How about this? How about we don't need your money? We don't need your rhetoric. We don't need your bullshit. We know our people better than you know our people. Don't play us, right? That's what they have shown up and done. That's what they have done. And this is something that can and should be replicated throughout the country. Stacey Abrams should get every bit of money. Everyone's money should be given to Stacey Abrams should be given to the Latasha Brown, should be given to the black women that had gotten Doug Jones into Alabama, into the Senate in the first place, should be given to these people. I am so tired about the reports and the digging in and the analysis on white voters. How about we invest in and look at like how black people have shaped and continue to build this country on our backs? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I think there's something special about Georgia, Within that, because I think with the exception of Texas, uh, 
we see wherever you have a major urban center, like one of like the 10 or 12 biggest cities in America, again, with the exception of Texas, you have a blue state. You have a solidly blue state, right? Be it New York, L.A., Chicago, uh, D.C., you know, what have you. These, you know, the big urban centers tend to lead to reliably blue states. And Georgia has been an outlier within that for a while. And Atlanta has been growing and growing and growing over decades as a place where a lot of people who were from the Northeast, I don't know about where else, but I know a lot of my friends and and compatriots from the Northeast have been moving down to Atlanta for years and years and saying, it's great down here. There's a lot of black people down here. There's a lot of flavor. There's a lot of culture. You can get a lot more house for a lot less money. Um, And... I think that starts to play out when it's like, wow, there's hundreds of thousands of black people who live in Atlanta. I mean, like, we kind of knew what the game was going to be when Kornacki started saying, hey, these races are close, but all the remaining votes are coming in from DeKalb County. Like, oh, that's Atlanta. This thing is over. Yep. Um, And, you know, to see Atlanta be able to stand up and say, no, we run Georgia now. And now this is going to be a blue state. We voted for Biden. We voted for Warnoff. We voted for Ossoff. And Brian Kemp better be scared as hell because he only won because he stole the election. And he ain't going to be able to steal another one. Um, and I'm just, I'm just curious to see where Stacey Abrams goes from here. Does she want to be a governor? Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Does she want to be the head of the DNC? Does she want, what does she want to be? Because she's clearly shown tremendous political skill and prowess and ability, and she could probably be pretty much whatever she wants to be. You know, what I love about Stacey Abrams is that when 
uh, pundits wanted to ask the question, you know, say, you need to run for Senate. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I'll say, I was one of those people. And Stacey Abrams was just like, yeah, so no, I don't want those small seats. I'm going to shift the direction of this entire country and show you what is possible. Stacey Abrams can do whatever it is that she fucking chooses from this point on. If she wanted to go and run fucking Apple, I would say, you know what, bitch, do it. Like, because the shit that they roll out is trash these days. So by all means, you are an organizer, organize some stop. shit, fix it. You need to stop because I love it. my iPhone 12, so you need to slow down. Psh, um, psh. But, you know, we have been watching since since Mitch McConnell became the Senate Majority Leader. And since actually since before he became the Senate Majority Leader, serious... Republican senatorial obstruction. As a rule, we will stop yeah. Barack Obama from doing anything because we wanted to appear that he is ineffectual so that when he goes to he goes for re-election, we can make the argument he can't do anything, he can't reach across the aisle, you can't re-elect him. So it was like, you know, we're going to sit on our hands and not you know we, even if you want to rename a post office like no we we're not going to we're not going to allow that which is unusual in the history of america this level of obstruction right this is new and different the mcconnell era obstruction this is not the way the democrats played the game this is not the way republicans played the game before obama and mcconnell and it only got deeper and more entrenched throughout Obama's presidency, and it continued throughout the Trump presidency that the McConnell Senate was the place where bills went to die. Things are going to be different now. Things are going to be different now. McConnell will no longer be the one who decides what gets brought up and when, who gets what uh, uh, chair chair uh, seats. He will no longer be in charge. It's going to be an interesting new day. And it gives Joe Biden a lot more latitude to be able to try to make his first 100 days something more effectual than walking in and having McConnell sitting there saying no to everything. Can we, can we talk about this for a moment? This brand new day of sorts. I ask myself this question, Torre. How is it that we can actually have a brand new day with the same motherfucking people that have been in charge for decades? How is it that we will have a brand new day with a Senate Majority Leader Schumer who did dick while he was Minority Leader? How do we have a brand new day with the same Septuagenarians and Octonagerians that have been playing this game um, for the past several decades. I'm just curious because I want to feel encouraged and inspired, but I have two big feet planted in reality that don't allow me to drift off into fantasy that something new is going I, to I meet us the, on the horizon. I, I think the very structure of the Senate is such that any single senator can stop almost any legislation. And being in the minority in the Senate is crippling. So to say that Schumer didn't do anything, well, there was nothing that he could do as long as he's in the minority. 
and he's not in the business of just trying to obstruct everything. Surely he would have tried to stop any significant uh, legislation that he opposed. But we were surely looking at McConnell saying, you know, like Drake says, no new friends. McConnell be like, no, no new Supreme Court justices. And as long as they have 51, they're like, we're standing together. We're going to vote no on whoever you want. And now the Democrats have 51. So with any opening, you can put on a new Supreme Court justice. They could they could decide to add some more because there's no reason why it has to be nine. It could be 12. could be 16. They could try to put some more people on there. And make up for the one the seats that uh, Mitch McConnell stole from us. I mean, my God, this party, this Republican Party, this trash cancer on America Republican Party, has tried to steal this election, has stolen Supreme Court seats, and yet all they talk about is the fictional thefts that happened to them. It, it, it's it's unbelievable. But I do think that you see vastly different opportunities for Democrats in both houses when you don't have McConnell and the Republicans in charge of the Senate. And I, I you know, I, I, I want to not heap all the blame on McConnell himself because he certainly was not doing something that the rest of his caucus didn't want him to do. He was just leading them, but they were all in lockstep behind his obstruction, his stealing of of Supreme Court justice seats, all these sort of things. 300 federal people on the bench. Yeah. You know, Mitch McConnell has done the most. And, and I think but that they were all for people... that they were all with him for all they were all down with all... it. They were they was not of like course. well Mitch is driving the train so we got to go where Mitch wants. He's driving the train where all you guys want to go. It's like here's the thing. Th- this is the Republican Party right now. Mitch McConnell, you know, oh, you know what I watched the other day? The Princess Bride. It's one of my favorite movies. And I will say this. In The Princess Bride, you have the guy, I forget his name, but he was the one that was so very smart or thought that he was so very smart. And he ends up dying by being poisoned. That's what Mitch McConnell wanted to do to the United States. It's just like a little bit of arsenic here, a little bit of chlorine here, a little bit of this. Mitch McConnell was looking for a slow death to our democracy, more of an elegant death because, you know, he's a statesman. What this other branch of the Republican Party wants is a sword fight, a beatdown, a like, you know, a, a, a 10 on one type of situation. They are not the elegant. They are the brutes. Right. It's death nonetheless. But when Mitch McConnell gave his speech on the floor today, he goes, guys, 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 I have this all under control. The entire country's been poisoned. Just give it time. And they were like, fuck it. We want them hanging from trees. Right. So it's still death. It's just choose which way you want to go out. I mean, I think that there is a suicide caucus that for some reason is willing to 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 have completely ridiculous ceremonial battles on behalf of Trump, even though he has lost and he is about to be thrown out with the trash. And if you think he's going to continue to have immense power after he's lost and thrown out, I, I think you're out of your fucking mind. 
but I think that there is always a desire to stoke the sense of grievance and vengeance among white people that is the sort of the, the, the flame that continues to power the Republican Party. We were wronged and we must get back. And this is this 2020 election will be the new flame that empowers them in 2024 and 2028 and beyond. Uh, they stole an election from us, which allows them to do anything. We are so wronged. Anything is on the table. Any cheating, lying, stealing is available when they stole an election from us. And don't think... I didn't notice because I said almost everything Mitch McConnell said was right. He said that that Democrats said the same thing in 2000 and 04 and 2016. No, the fuck we did not. We did not like those elections, but we did not try to steal the election back from Republicans. Hillary Clinton conceded the next day. Okay, Al Gore presided over. Uh, the the Senate that gave the election to George Bush. So please, it's not even close. But they want to have a both sidesism where it's you know they act bad and then they say the other side is just as bad, dragging everybody into the mud, making all of government look bad because it plays to their brand that government is a mess, and it makes us who are who are who are progressives who are hopeful at some level, it ruins the game for us, and it makes us not want to show up. Um, it's a really disgusting attempt to just sort of just, just muddy and ruin and destroy government so that we don't want to show up and vote. Um, I really hate the Republican Party and what they've become. It's really... Thank you, Tore. It's No, but it's... They're a, disgusting. It's a true cancer... On American democracy. And I go back to the point I was making before. If they were really about something, I could understand a little better. But they're not actually under siege. They just pretend that they are. It's disgusting. There's nothing worse than white victimhood. There isn't anything worse. Uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. White mediocrity. And then white victimhood. Um, both go hand in hand, which is this idea that the world has literally been laid out for you. You have marginalized, you have brutalized everyone that comes into your path, but somehow you're the one that is aggrieved. Somehow you're the one that needs more support. You're superior and yet weak at the same time. Shut the entire fuck up. I don't ever want to hear from these people again. I don't want to unpack these people again. I think that they are disgusting, despicable. I think that anybody that carries the banner of republicanism should be associated with what we have witnessed this week. I think that never a person should walk away from the stain that this party has put on this country, not in not only in our eyes, but in the eyes of the world. We are stained. It is despicable what they have done. The traitorism out of the Republican Party has been disgusting. It has been reprehensible. It has been immoral. It has been an historic low moment in American history. And it's not 
out of character. They have been sliding toward this since Newt Gingrich was in charge. And it's been this steady downward slide away from thoughts and ideas and into gut grievances and white victimhood and this notion that race is a zero-sum game that they are losing. And every time a black or brown or female or gay person gets a little bit of a leg up, gets a little bit of a place at the table, gets to have a little bit of freedom, that straight white men have lost something. She took my job. He took my job. They took our farm. They took our... None of this is promised to you. But... Mm, but wasn't it? You know, when... What is it now? When 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 you've been su- when you've been superior for so long, equality feels like a loss. Oppression. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, like we're not even close I, to equality. We're not even close to equality, and yet they are scared out of their minds. You know what? What always I always say this that I believe that these white racists make our case for us because they tell us that white privilege and racism doesn't exist, that it is something that we people of color and those that embody uh, or, or live at the intersection of marginal communities that we have made it up in our head. But then tell me why then you are so terrified by a change in our demo, our demographics. If in fact, everything in your mind has always been equitable if in fact there is no grievance to be had, why would it matter if you were in the majority of the minority? What difference of treatment would you be expected to be taking in, right? You on your face have told us that what we have experienced is a lie. So then what are you scared about, right? You're scared that we, once in the majority, are going to treat you the way that you have treated us, but then try and gaslight the fuck out of us and tell us that that treatment doesn't exist. So I ask again, what are you afraid of? If there is nothing wrong with this country, then where should where would your fear be growing from? I thought you were going to say, there's nothing wrong with this country that the destruction of the Republican Party couldn't fix. <laughs> Shit, yeah, come on. Mm-mm. I mean, seriously, Mm-mm. at this moment Mm-mm. where there are no real superpowers that are threatening us, right? And you may think about Russia and China. It's not what it was in the 80s and even the 70s with Russia, um, you know, where where the threat from the Middle Eastern terrorist organizations seems to have calmed down versus what it was pre over the previous 20 years. The greatest threat to American democracy and the future health of America is the Republican Party. The call is coming from inside the House. It's like domestic violence. Your greatest threat as a wife is your husband, not the stranger who might jump out of nowhere in the parking lot, but your husband. The Republican Party is our greatest threat. And... I'm not quite sure how we get out of this because they are clearly digging in their heels, willing to attack our institutions figuratively and literally. And then I, I, I don't know what the next four years 
will lead to and if and if and if if people like yourself who think that the next I don't agree with you but who think the next democratic nominee will be Kamala Harris if you don't think that they will unleash hell and fury to prevent a black woman who is badass and has a swagger to becoming president like if that won't be the greatest insult to whiteness ever it will be you know um what is another favorite quote that i've seen as of late says i'm no longer shrinking myself to make you comfortable you can fucking choke that oh, yeah. is what I would that Absolutely. is what I would say to any person Absolutely. of color, woman, gender that is deciding that they want to run for office, this, that, and the other thing. Oh, the fear, oh, what will they do? They can fucking choke on not, it. Not even I don't not care. Not even running for office, you know, one of the things that I took out of the insurrections and the protests of April and May was an even greater sense of being unapologetic because I thought I was unapologetic before, but I realized that there are definitely moments when I'm like, let's not make the white people uncomfortable. We don't have to bring up, you know, our political grievances or our emotional distress because, you know, I don't want to make the white people uncomfortable. And after that, I was like, no, fuck that. I will say whatever I want and whatever I'm feeling Whenever, and I don't care if you get that uncomfortable shift from the white people about like, oh, he's talking about race in a very difficult way, in a very challenging to white people way again. Like, yeah, I am, because that's how I really feel. And you're going to get the real me. And I encourage, I urge all of our friends and fans to be as unapologetic as you wish, because if the white people in your life, be they friends family or co-workers if they are really your allies then they will accept you and love you when you are critical of white people or when you're talking about the pain that white people have caused you mm-hmm. the worst thing that we can ever do is to try again to shrink ourselves to make other people feel comfortable is to um allow the fear of upsetting a group of people with our truth so then we 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 sugarcoat it. We make it digestible. And I'm saying I'm we're done. I think that what this what this insurrection that we have all witnessed proves to us is that the biggest threat I would say to American democracy is white America. And until we decide to grapple with that reality, until we understand that truth, until we want to unpack that Right? Our democracy will always be under threat. It will always be under threat. Um, you know, when John Ossoff uh, was leading in the final stretch and Reverend Warnock had won, and I said, oh, wow, we're going to have a celebratory show. <laughs> America's happening now. And then they tried to certify the electoral college and that didn't really work out so good and then they attacked the capitol building terrorist style and i was like "Ooh!" and now i'm like 
can we confidently say there will be an America next week? Or are we like, if there's a country? If there's a motherfucking toss-up, folks. <laughs> it's it. We are at a toss-up moment uh, right now. Will Torre and I have cells side by side? We don't know. Will they allow us to record in prison? Un- Unknown. Unknown. <laughs> I'll call you collect. <laughs> I'll be sure to answer. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And we'll be back next week. Here's hoping, folks. <laughs> just pray about it. We're not going to say if there's a country left. Just pray. I think the hope beater is back down to like three. Did we ever go? Well, we did. We did go up. Yes, yes. yes. We, we we got like Biden, and he's got to, the guy's got to leave. We're getting up to like eight or nine, and now we're back down to three. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Pray Hang about on, it. America. <laughs> Pray about it. <laughs>